Hi, I'm Michael Hartman. I'm Naomi Liu. And I'm Mike Rizzo. And this is OpsCast. A podcast for marketing ops pros. And RevOps pros. Created by the MoPros, the number one community for marketing operations professionals. Tune in to each episode as we chat with real professionals to help elevate you in your marketing operations career. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of OpsCast brought to you by MarketingOps.com, powered by the MoPros. I'm your host, Michael Hartman, joined today by only one co-host again, Mike Rizzo. So, Mike, we are definitely going to need to get Naomi back on one of these days. (laughs) She'll be back soon, I'm sure of it, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah. I'm excited for this one, so I want to just dive right into it. I'm going to get into a topic that um, I'm interested in. I think hopefully our our, our listeners are as well, but it's about marketing chief of staff roles. So joining us to talk about this today are several guests. We've got First, we've got Chloe Washington, who's currently the chief of staff to the CMO at HubSpot. And prior to joining HubSpot, she held several project management operations, both sales and marketing ops roles, and some leadership roles. Uh, she is also PMP certified. We also have Reagan Dodson, currently Director of Marketing Operations and Analytics at Exonius. Prior to joining Exonius, Reagan had so, has several um, has had several marketing ops roles, marketing and finance roles, and she's had her own agency. And last but not least is Jim Williams, who's currently the CMO of Uptempo.io. Uh, Jim has held previous CMO and marketing leadership roles, including at Eloqua, as well as roles in public relations. So. Thank you all for joining us today. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yep, delighted. So I think it's going to be funny, but Jim, we're going to have to talk sometime. Like I think when you were at Eloqua, it was like right around the time prior to the Oracle acquisition when I was still, I was an early, I was a customer back then, right before that. So offline, we can talk about that. I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> no, no, I, I like, I, I still have, uh, for, for our longtime listeners, we did a, we did an episode about a year ago about Mike and I got on and just riffed on how bad sales people were at selling to marketing ops folks. But I have a really good experience for the person who, who I worked with at Eloqua back in those days. Long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So like I said, I'm, I'm very interested in, in this and why, um, and kind of what I, why I think I'm interested is I've been seeing at least anecdotally on my side, you know, more of the emergence of these marketing chief of staff type roles, um, and I believe I like one of the challenges we always talk about here is like what are the what are the career paths that make sense for marketing ops professionals? Because um, even up until recently, there just weren't even many roles beyond director or senior director levels. So very few VP level even. So why don't like like maybe we can start and Chloe, since you're sitting in that role today, why don't we start with you? Like what is like how would you define marketing chief of staff role and like what does it entail? What does it not include? Happy to. Yeah, this is the first question I get. Like, you're chief of staff. What, what does that even mean? Uh, chief of staff, you're a strategic ops and planning leader. You are an operational thought leader. You are a person that even sometimes when you don't, you know, you're feeling a little insecure about decisions, you're making decisions on the fly. You are the right hand man or woman to the CMO. Uh, the role gets confused a lot with executive assistant. It is not. Those are two very important roles, but very separate roles. I work very closely with the CMO's executive assistant. We are if uh, I like to say a dream team, we work very well together, but our roles are very, very different. It's not a siloed role at all. You're talking to everyone within the company. You have to get, that's the only way that you're going to be successful in this role. It is definitely someone that is able to manage up well and gets to talk to a lot of people at all levels and try and remember a million things at once. I'm just curious. So, um I think we're going to get into some more of the specifics of the role, but like Jim, I'm assuming just given where kind of what your, your experience as a CMO and, and um, kind of the types of customers you're selling to, right. That you probably run into these more often than, than maybe some of the rest of us. Are you seeing any trends in this? Am I off from that standpoint? No, we're seeing a big trend. It was actually one of the first things I asked about when I came into the role at Uptempo, we sell marketing operation software and I, kept seeing this role of marketing chief of staff or chief of staff to the CMO popping up in in conversations, sales conversations, opportunities, et cetera. It honestly is not a title that I've seen a lot of over my career. I think it's this uh, rising role. In fact, we did uh, last fall, November 30th, we, we did a, a webinar where we just got uh, a handful of marketing chief of staffs together and had a conversation very similar to the one we're having today. And 
people came out of the woodwork. We had like, you know, a, a lot more registrations than I ever would have imagined um, because people are really curious about the role. And, and I think, you know, this seems maybe somewhat intuitive, but um, the role of marketing has changed so much in the last 20 years and what a CMO needs to manage and the skill sets and the people and the tech and the insights and the data that um, this role has become now a critical factor in making sure that the, you know, the plans that are created and rolled out to the organization, which much aplomb is actually being followed and executed and carried out. And the resources necessary to carry it out or align properly. It's just, it's too much for one person to do in, in the role of CMO. And all of the CMO's direct reports are all managing their own function. So you have this kind right. of central glue in the chief of staff role. Yeah. So one of the ways I think about it, and maybe this, I'll throw this, this out there, but I think of it as one of the functions seems to me to be um, if there's a, a project or an initiative that is needed from the CMO level that doesn't have a natural fit to what, what like a traditional marketing leadership role. Um, they're like, this would be the perfect kind of thing that a, a chief of staff would take on. Right. So to your, to your point, Chloe, right. It's not just like administrative, like it would be like, you'd be responsible for like, are you responsible for like, I'll call it special projects or things like that that don't wouldn't otherwise fit into somebody else's role. Definitely strategic projects are a big part of my day to day. And a lot of it isn't just the CMO telling you what needs to be done. It's you hearing from the rest of the marketing work and telling the CMO, hey, I'm doing this. This needs to be taken care of. Ah, okay. Goes a little bit both ways. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So um yeah, one of the things I think uh as we talked about this, right, and probably our listeners are going through is like, okay, I'm in marketing ops or I'm in revenue ops. Uh I've got a little better idea now of what a chief of staff role might include, but like, what are this, like, what do you think of as the differences in scope and responsibility for say, for, I almost hate to say traditional marketing operations, but marketing operations and a chief of staff role, Reagan, maybe you, you can share your thoughts on this. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it stems from how big your company is, right? Because, a lot of times, like with Exonius, we are, you know, emerging and we really don't have, I mean, we have 50 marketers, um, but we're not at a place right now to have a chief of staff role. So um, with that being said, there's there's two, I like what you said, um, Jim, about the glue component, because that's exactly what our CMO told me today as I was prepping for this podcast was that the chief of staff role would kind of be like glue. So what we have right now currently at Exonius is we have a coordinator that rolls up to our chief marketing officer. And then we have me, um, the director of marketing operations and analytics. And so those two pieces are like glue for him. Whereas my role is more so like very strategic, like Chloe was saying, um, you know, we have to be operational thought leaders. We have to kind of, gather all the thoughts um, from, you know, the rest of the marketing team and kind of translate that into CMO language, right? Or vice versa to the rest of the team. There's a lot of times where, you know, this role, I would say it is kind of like a chief of staff role, you know, in our company size, but this role, you know, has to touch every facet of marketing. And so we have to have understanding of every single thing that goes on. And a lot of times you find that the marketers feel a little bit more comfortable coming to the chief of staff or director of marketing operations um, instead of just going right to the CMO. I don't know, Chloe, if you, if you mm -hmm. kind of feel that or. Uh, 100%. Your, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And so it, it seems like we take on a lot of the burden um, before it gets to the CMO. And, and my goal is to try to accomplish all of the, the the task and things at hand and deal with, um, you know, like our external stakeholders, like our business operations team and our finance team and all that stuff. So it's handled before it gets to the CMO and that I can kind of create a process. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's kind of where we're at. But I, I think for an organization like HubSpot, or a Fortune 500, I think you have to have a chief of staff role, but it's definitely going to encompass a lot of like the coordination and the strategy operations of such. 
makes a ton of sense to me. I, I love hearing the three sort of different, uh, the same similarities across all three of you, but like just where, where you're currently focused, like where your attention is uh, and the perspective. It, it's funny, like it echoes, I don't know if funny is the right word for it, but for me, it <laughs> echoes community building. Right. Yeah. Like Chloe and Reagan and Jim, like everything you're saying is like, there's glue, there's trust, there's transparency, there's building this rapport across like all these different individuals. And so like this chief of staff function is like, Hey, I have to take these inputs from the executives. And I also have to be seen as this trusted advisor for the rest of the organization to try to figure out like, where we could go next, right? Or what's happening. And by taking both of those inputs to try to translate that to something that a, a chief marketing officer or a CEO for that matter might want to interpret or hear uh, is, a, is a very special skill set that has to sort of be developed over time. Mm -hmm. And Hartman and I, we were very fortunate at uh, summer camp last summer to have a CMO in the room and everybody went through this exercise of like trying to oh. take geek speak um, and, and, and put it in front of a CMO and say, do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? And it, it uh, was a and, very humbling experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was this wonderful, wonderful experience. No, um, it was fantastic. Yeah. And, and so I, I love that it's like it, so much of what you were saying, the three of you, um, really makes like a ton of sense. And the first time, like I had never even heard of this idea of like becoming a chief of staff from a marketing ops perspective uh, until like really it was like the last nine months or so when Hartman and I started talking about it a little bit. And I think he brought it up. Um, but gosh, it makes a lot of sense, right? When like Reagan, as you're saying, you have visibility across the entire sort of infrastructure of what's going yeah. on, all the pipes, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and, and that, like, because of that visibility, we always say, and I find myself often saying to folks that I'm mentoring in the community, you've got a really unique opportunity to start poking holes in things or start asking questions and say, hey, I saw this anomaly. Do you think we could do this, this or that? Um, and gosh, that really makes you the strategic leader. But it's not often that the executive is coming down to the marketing ops professional and saying like, hey, we have a go to market initiative coming. Right. Um, I, I don't even, for you, Reagan, I'm not sure how much it's happening, but Jim, yeah. maybe you can jump in here too. Like, hey, we're going to try to enter a totally new market. How do we do that? Like, uh -huh. I feel like you're responsible, Jim, for yeah. coming up with the how to do that before you ever go to the marketing house person. So I definitely want to hear from both of you on it. <laughs> hey, everyone, it's Mike Rizzo here, and I'm interrupting your episode to bring you a brief message about, you might have guessed it, Mopsapalooza 2024, our second annual conference held in the vibrant city of Anaheim, California. We're hosting this hybrid event from the 5th of November through the 8th, and we would love for you to join us in person in Anaheim. But if you can't, please join us via live stream, courtesy of our sponsor, Excelevents. We're excited to offer an opportunity for professionals just like you to connect, learn, and grow among the best in the industry. Our event promises to be a highlight of the year, offering invaluable professional development experiences, live workshops, and of course, networking with your peers. Don't miss out on this incredible gathering right next to Disneyland in Southern California. Tickets are going fast. We will cap registration at 700 attendees. Secure your pass by visiting marketingops.com today. And we're looking forward to welcoming you to what is guaranteed to be an unforgettable event. It might just be the best event you've ever attended. But don't take my word for it. You can ask the community at any time. We'll see you there. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I'll jump in, but I think that part of the you know, this fundamental conversation is about this, this, this gap. I'm going to call it the gap in marketing operations that mm -hmm. we see all the time. And the gap in marketing operations is operational marketing. That's the best way to put it, right? <laughs> For some reason, there's marketing operations. And if you think about the term operations, like you're talking about everything, the people, time, resources, dollars, all the stuff that makes right. marketing happen. Mm -hmm. Yep. All too often, marketing or uh, uh, operations focus are focused. They're just on martech. 
Sometimes, Mm-mm. like within MarTech, yeah. 90% of that is marketing <laughs> automation within MarTech, right? Yeah. In the meantime, you have a CMO and the CMO gets handed a pile of dollars from investors. And they say, you need to enter this market, generate this pipeline, uh, you know, have this many wins, hit this revenue target, et cetera. All that's going to be done by having a strategic plan with operating objectives, with dollars associated, with teams that don't do work streams in order to execute. Mm-hmm. That continuum largely is ignored by marketing operations until you get to just the execute and measure type thing. And so I think sometimes CMOs are struggling to get answers about the beginning part of that, you know, the the beginning part of that process. Okay, we had a plan. We have these objectives. We have these KPIs. How are we doing against those? Are we funding the right initiatives or not? Do we need to shift resources one way or another? That's not really the domain of many marketing operations folks. And so, therefore, there's this big gap. And that gap, I think, is being filled by this very strategic chief of staff role. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to Reagan's point, I think there's uh, a lot of opportunity for a marketing operations professional to grow into that role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It certainly shouldn't happen overnight. But Reagan, uh, you know, how's it going for you all as it relates to sort of, I think the last time you and I talked, there were plenty of new growing initiatives uh, happening at your organization, and you were really excited about them. Um, but I would love to hear sort of like this idea of like, how, how are you all t- tackling that gap or trying to jump it? <laughs> At first, when the last time I talked to you, it was crazy um, revamping our whole attribution model and our system and brought on Alicadia at the same time during that, Jim, I know you like that. (laughs) Um, And so that was a lot of change management, um, you know, and rolling that out to the rest of the marketing team. Um, You know, just like you said, Jim, like we were, before before I got to Exonius and took this position, we were viewed as marketing, just marketing ops just handles the tech stack. And I guess I've just never, my role has always been, no marketing ops, you're a marketing ops leader and you need to handle everything. And so when I got in, I was like, I can see this gap and I can see this gap. And I'm like, I have to fix all of this or we're, we're, I could just see disaster. And so that's what I've been doing. And I think it's been well-received. I think, um, you know, I, we're growing so fast that um, we haven't had time to just sit down and do some foundational work. And I think I'm, 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 doing that and our my team is doing that and at first it was kind of like why is marketing ops and now in charge of our our budget and why is marketing ops like now in charge of you know our tech stack and procurement and um our data are we we own our marketing data um and analytics and so i think that was an eye opener but now i think our marketers are like you're making my job so much more easier because now I can just focus on yes. creative marketing while marketing ops is running behind the scenes. So that's kind of where we're at now. I love that. I, I just want to throw in one last little thing. And I think Harmon wants to pull me back off of this. for a No, no, no. I, like I, there's a th- there's a thread there that I was, I was like, I wanted to follow up on too. So carry on. I'm just, I'm just going to share that. Uh, I had just gotten off a, a conversation with um, marketing ops professional who works at, uh, one of the larger chat organizations out there. Uh, I'll spare the name of all of them. But um, the thing that this individual shared with me is I think what makes somebody excellent at their role is being able to take the request uh, for whether it's a CMO or a campaign ops person, somebody on the marketing team or sales for that matter, and saying, great, I love that you want to do that, but here's how we up-level it. Uh, and here's yeah. and here's how it makes here's how we make it better, right? Um and I think that, again, that takes time to learn all the intricacies of the tech stack that you have, uh, but is also just a, another prime example of when somebody's really passionate about that function, the marketing ops function, how it lends itself very quickly to this sort of enablement uh, strategic leader opportunity uh, so that you can take somebody's request and say, yes, we can do that, but here's where we could go next with it. You know, Did you mm-hmm. think about this opportunity? So anyway, I thought that was really cool. No, that's great. You're enabling, like, I feel like I enable marketers to market. It's not just about the external tech stack. What's the internal tech stack? Like to Jim's point, all the planning, all the things that we're doing, they can't use spreadsheets and pieces of paper and post-it notes. Like how do we make this seamless and allow them to get back 
to their day jobs, if you will. Like all of that planning is important, but then the execution is more important. And how can you enable them to execute more flawlessly? Yeah. Like I'm a big fan of like taking that. I mean, the one thing that Mike Mike talked about is like results and, you know, but I think there's something about simplification too. So I think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of marketing teams that I've worked with. Um, even if we thought we had a decent process, it tends to be overcomplicated or the tech tech stack is complicated. So I think part of that advising and providing guidance is also about how do we take this idea and not only make it work and work effectively, but do it in a way that is, especially if it's something new, I'm like, try something new, do this in the simplest way you can so that you can learn from it quickly. I think there's a real value in being able to move quickly that is undervalued in a lot of places. Um, Okay, so I want going back to this thread. I, I I feel like my question about like is does would this kind of role, chief of staff role, make sense for a marketing ops person to move into in the right situation? It sounds like yes, mm-hmm. that's the case. I didn't hear anything that sort of countered that, but happy to hear that feedback. But it feels like, especially based on Jim, what you said, like I feel like there's some skill gaps maybe that you see that most marketing ops folks would tend to have, or that they aren't. Um, either they have the gaps or they're not ex- they're not actually showing the, that they have the skills that are needed to kind of be in that role. Like I picked up finance, which Mike knows like I could get on a soapbox about the importance of fi- <laughs> yeah. understanding finance for a while. But, but I, mean, I think like communicating with people, well, like finding the, like, what do you see is like from your experience with marketing ops, people who are, historically mostly about martech and campaign ops i would argue those are the two main things that most teams do like to what are the skills that they you, you think they would benefit from learning not only in that role but also if they aspire to something like a chief of staff role yeah it's 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 a great question i actually i have a i have a comment on this but i'm going to defer to chloe because we we've had so many conversations over the last few weeks that are exactly on this and she, she's got this nailed, she's got this answer nailed much better than I do. Perfect. So I'll let it defer, but just because you brought up finance, cause I feel like it's something we've kind of talked about here, but have skirted around. I, I think the relationship between it's not just within marketing and points of friction that a chief of staff has to kind of manage and, and plan around. It's definitely points of friction outside of marketing. And one of the prime ones is with finance, mm-hmm. you know, just like, you know, we were riffing on Eloqua or whatever, 15 years ago, right? The point of friction then was between marketing and sales. And that's why we built this tech stack. As right. is, you have a contract between these two functions that governs the relationship. No such system exists really between marketing and finance and because dollars are the lifeblood of marketing that needs to be figured out. It is again, just like if you go back and you compare that relationship with sales, right? Where it's like, Hey, here's a bunch of leads. We're going to send you spreadsheets full of leads. Remember that? Like how create that kind of life before MarTech. Oh yeah. That is exactly the state of art today between financial teams and marketing teams. It is. Yeah dozens, sometimes hundreds of spreadsheets going back and forth. It's a long mm-hmm. reconciliation process. It's always delayed. Nobody even knows how much money is in the budget. And every single marketer is having a conversation right now with the CFO about the budget, about mm-hmm. getting everything out of the budget. So I think that friction point between marketing and finance is, uh, is a big driver of this role for sure. But mm-hmm. with that, I'll, I'll Chloe, maybe talk a little bit about the skill sets required yeah. for the role. No, you're spot on the trust. And, you know, I think that sometimes silence is mistaken for they're not doing something or they're hiding something from one side or the other. Having that person, like I have a finance contact. We talk every single day. And to Reagan's point, Alicadia has helped that immensely. Like the spreadsheet life is real. And you need to be able to, when I think about a chief of staff versus someone that's a marketing ops person, a lot of it's personality, being able to push back, being able to push back and talk to the CFO, the CMO, being able to give them, hey, here's what's really going on. And, you know, when we were talking earlier about the skill set, I think group therapist is one, like a big part of being a chief of staff. Like you've got to take it and hear everybody's everything, all the complaining. And then you have to also know what does the CMO need to know out of that? What is relevant versus you just listening and taking it in? What is actually a problem that needs to be solved, whether it be financial or something within the marketing team? I mean, a big thing that I heard my first year at HubSpot, I can't do this in a spreadsheet. It's going to take me 10 hours to get you that one answer. I can't do this. I don't have time to do this. And to their point, they, they don't have time to do this. We're trying to execute. 
So and that's one, and that's one time, right? Then as soon as you do that, it's expected to be done on a regular basis. Exactly. Absolutely. But also a chief of staff is sometimes like, no, you do have to do it. You do have to stop what you're doing and do this thing related to finance or not. So someone that's, you know, you kind of have to have backbone to be able to do this because I think a you lot of times to. when you're, yeah, when you're, especially when you're implementing something or you're taking something away mm-hmm. from yep. the team as they view it. So, you know, the first six months, who is this person? What do they want to do? Why are they taking this from me? me. And then thank God, I, I don't know how, how I could do this without you. Thankful for this tool, thankful for this thing. So you have to be able to like, all right, they'll like me later. They don't have to like me now if I'm being efficient and really helping them. You can't take it personal. Yes. Oh, so true. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you really have to, like this role, Chloe, you really encompassed all of the the traits. Like you have to be, you have to have a strong backbone for sure in this role. So, uh, so like something when you just said that, um, it feels like an important skill, which I think is also important for salespeople. It's, mm-hmm. Most people who have never done sales don't think about, but you have to be really good at asking good questions. Is that like, mm-hmm. do you think you have to be good? Because a lot of conflict I see in organizations has to do with people talking past each other. Very often in agreement, I like to call it violent agreement. Like they're just, <laughs> like they're in a very loud conversation, but they're actually agreeing, but just using different words. Yeah. You have to get to first principles. You have to clear the fog completely and get to the why from all sides. Interesting. That's the key word, the why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why do you want to send that email? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> why? Yeah. I think that's it. What, what, what's it? Is it there's some, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I call it math. I've heard about somebody talked, I've worked with talked about, uh, there's like this approach to getting to the bottom of something. It's like the five whys. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've, okay. So, if yeah. You ask why so like, like five times, right. and eventually get to the, it's like, you know, like when you were a kid and you just kept like saying the toddler why. approach. Yeah. 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 The toddler <laughs> approach. Well, why? Well, tell me why. I love how, I love how the toddler approaches <laughs> describes the standard. Sales discovery method. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I so I like total aside, but I remember like when I first had kids, I thought there's a whole lot I can apply to like raising kids to yeah. dealing with people in a professional environment because a lot of people end up being like a lot of t- kids. And, yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and it's just managing your own responses to, you know, to not just your children, but to your stakeholders, to your colleagues, right? Um, I, I distinctly remember earlier in my career, like being hyper offended when somebody would like, like talk badly about the tech stack. <laughs> it's like, yeah. as if I somehow owned the tool, like it was mine, you know, yeah. <laughs> like as if I was the creator of HubSpot or whatever tool I was using. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, oh, and yeah. then, you know, like as you evolve in the role, you're like, oh, wait, like, I, that's not, I don't own that. Like I own the responsibility of making it do what it's supposed to do, but like, I'm not here to defend like the tech stack. And so yeah. that's a skill that you have to learn for sure. Yeah. Maybe it was just me though. No, so, totally. I, I'm aligned with you. Okay. Can't take it personally. Like Reagan was saying. No, you can't. And another thing is too, is like, I think, you know, the CMO ha- has the responsibility of making sure that, he or she communicates the role of whether it's the director of marketing ops or the chief of staff or, or, or however that, that is, I feel like that causes a lot of tension with the rest of the marketing team because they have no idea what marketing ops really is. I mean, we know, but like, like you said, everyone just defaults to, they just run the tech stack. So I think it's the CMO's responsibility to make sure they relay that message and the why behind it too. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think that I think marketing ops is particularly challenged because of the scope and complexity of the tech stack that marketing runs compared to everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't think like some IT guy in my org gets upset if you complain about the ERP system or something. You know what I mean? Like right. but it's because it's doing the singular thing. But um but that that is it, it's a significant challenge. And again, it's you know, if you if you're on a board meeting. No one cares yeah. about how many apps you have, how vertically integrated there is. The data flows from one to no, nobody cares about. They, they, even things like you know, oh, we're working on this nurturing program. We come up with a new scoring program. Oh, we started using the intent-based data, and that triggers this camp. Like, why? It's the same as you said. The five whys. Why? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? What they want to get back to is 
you have we have these growth targets and yep. we funded you at X amount and tell me what is the return you're getting on that funding? Now break it down right. against each of these programs. What return are you getting in those programs? In these campaigns that support the programs, what return, what channel, like we're trying to get to that. And when I, I keep harping on finance, but when they're all of the systems to execute that program are completely disconnected from a budget, yep. there it's is the no return on investment. Yeah. There's no why. So look look at you advertising Alacadia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a challenge, right? So that's that's what investors care about. Yeah. Like they're just they're money people. Well, they're, so you're getting at something though. Lot, though. So this yes. like, there's a little bit of what Mike talked about at, when we were at summer camping, having having that CMO sort of really listen to some analysis or pitch, like and getting this like getting her perspective on how she perceived it and what it really like was really, really interesting. It was hard. But I think um, kind of one of the things you're getting at, Jim, that I think is maybe another challenge for people who would want to move into this role is that you're expected to be the representative of the CMO, right, in, in meetings where the CMO can't be there. So uh, I'm curious, like, it, A, is that correct? I think my assumption's right, but if it's not, somebody can jump in and clarify it. But um, how... Like how how do you go about like doing that? Like what's the process where you get that comfortable? Because I assume there's there's like this trust between those two, like the CMO and the chief of staff, or if it's marketing ups. And then second, maybe um, what do you think is important in terms of building that trust so that you can be that viewed as that representative? Uh, uh, Reagan, maybe you start. I don't know. Whoever wants to take it. Hmm. I I'm a. I'm passing it to you. I think it's a hundred percent, you know, when we were talking earlier about building those relationships, the, the first and foremost relationship you have to build is with the CMO. Like I can confidently say that Kit trusts me. We have conversations about it, especially when I started, you know, that's something I'm like, Oh, I'm new here. It's I work fully remotely. I don't want to mess anything up. I might right. know what I'm doing with ops, but I don't know at that time. I didn't know HubSpot. And mm-hmm. that was a conversation that you have to have up front. How much do you trust me in these 90 days? How let's put a dollar amount on it. What decisions can I make right now that I'm not going to lose my job for? And then you take it from there. Right. Like you really, it starts to become organic. Like you have to have those conversations, even going back to the trust. Like I hear it from all sides. I tell my boss, Hey, okay, here are the 10 things I'm hearing from marketing. I can do five. What are the five? Are we aligned so that when I'm in conversations that you're not, or you're in conversations that I'm not, that we're aligned as a unit? Communication is so key in this role. It is not one of those you open your laptop and you sit there quietly all day. If that's what you're looking for, chief of staff is not for you. Yeah, it's not. Sorry, like what like job you. is that? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it sounds like what you do is like you have to have really sort of, I was going to say blunt, but that's not like very explicit conversations about like what like. Here's what I think I can go to. How I how you feel? Am I right? Right, and then right. and then recognizing when you go like if you're in a situation where you're being asked a question and you know it's going to be seen as something that is representation of the CMO, like knowing like when you can say like, when you can commit to something when you can't. Yeah, and if it comes right, like now I I have no I don't have that imposter syndrome. Like after a while, you just right. if you have a really good CMO. You you have that rhythm, and you just know. And if you do make a decision that you haven't talked about, and it gets back to them, they're like, "No, I support." Like even if they're like in private, why'd you do that? Why do you know going back to the why? As long as you have <laughs> yeah. a good reason, you know they're gonna have yeah. that. I struggle with that a lot too, imposter syndrome. Um, but I guess my approach is a little different than Chloe's just because sometimes I do things and then I explain the why later, but because we're so fast paced here that sometimes I don't have the ability to be like, look, like, but he tells me what his vision is and I just execute it and then we'll talk about it. And then if if there's things that go on along that way, mistakes or whatever, we'll chat through it. But most of the time we're in sync. And I think we're, we're getting to the point where I think I know I know what to do. I feel confident in that. Very confident in that. Um, and so I just run with it. Well, I like Chloe's, Chloe's kind of point. It, it was subtle, but I picked up is, you know, what's the, what's the dollar amount of a mistake that I can make without, like, 
<laughs> being really in trouble, right? And I think, yeah. I mean, like, I that. but that's reality, right? Like, so I, I mean, I don't think that I've ever had a conversation like that with my boss, and I'm not in the chief staff role, but we've taken time where I've, you know, I feel confident now that I can go, like, I can go engage with a vendor up to a certain amount, and I'm going to be okay, right? Even if it ends up not going well. But then there are others where maybe there's, even if the dollar amount was low, Right. There's a lot of potential impact to the other parts of the team or the business um, from a change management. They brought up change management, right? And like, so mm-hmm. um, I think that's really like if you're, if for our listeners then who are in, you know, thinking like, how can I elevate myself to be more, seems more strategic with the rest of the marketing team? I think having those very direct conversations is one way to do it. If you've got a, if you've got a leader who you work with that is open to that. Um, and my experience has been if you approach them, they usually are open, like they actually want that from mm-hmm. the people who report to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. I, so, had, uh, I would also I had say, more... um, go ahead. Sorry. You go for it. Oh, uh, yeah. So I would just say like, because I'm, I'm just going back and I kind of reviewed some of the notes from that, that, um, you know, that panel discussion we had last fall. And this, this point came up over and over again, which is. Uh, trust and context, right? And the two are totally related. You have to have this absolute trust between the chief mm-hmm. of staff and the CMO. And even though CMO may trust your head of demand, and your head of field marketing, whatever, they trust them to do that role, which is very different from trusting someone to help manage all roles and particularly the conflicts between roles and conflicts mm-hmm. outside of the function of marketing. So that trust is important. And context is just, it's a little bit of like, being there from the beginning is kind of important, right? Understanding what we're, what are we trying to achieve as an organization? What is marketing's role in trying to achieve that? What is important to the CMO and the CEO? You know, like where does the CMO have concerns about the strategy and how is it playing? Where do they have concerns about the people behind the strategy? All those things, you kind of have to have that context. You got to have the trust in order to get that context. But then once you have that context, you're in a much, much, much better position to act and speak on behalf of the office of the CMO. Mm-hmm. Take, that came up over and over again in comments. Yeah. What, what, what do you say to the, the marketers that will go, even though you've discussed this with either your chief of staff or someone like kind of in my role or vice versa, maybe Chloe, this is a question for you, where you guys – you're rolling out a process for the CMO and then the marketers are like, no. And they, I'm, I'm going to go tell the CMO or I'm going to ask him or, you know, like kind of going behind you and just kind of like not, not understanding, you know, why you're the one that's rolling out this process. Like, what do you do in that position? I let them go ask him. I mean, I, I'm not going to get, go, go, Go ask dad, like, you know, like, you feel like I have the same answer for you, you know, but you also want to, going back to that communication, have those one-on-ones with them and understand it because that's not to say people don't have a good point. Maybe there's something that you did miss, but they need right. to really understand, or at least, you know, a lot of times I've, I've rolled out a couple of different tools and processes. And of course they're pushed back. I want to know the why I want to know the why making sure you have that, like that PowerPoint slide or that Google slide, like, here you go, here's my why, like, Everything I roll out or every process I roll out, I have five bullet points. This is what this is. This is what it's not. Tell yep. me what the gaps are. I also preview before things. I don't wait until things are 100% polished to tell, especially our director plus population right. or our manager plus. So they can start to ask the questions. They can, a lot of times they get excited about it. The directors want to tell the managers, the managers talking to the IC. So they kind of, it's like a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helps too. And I also, I don't, I do not want to be a gatekeeper. I don't gatekeep information either way. Like if Kip's right. like, no, tell me everything. Okay, well, here's what's going on, you know, and the same way otherwise. And I think it, it helps me to gain trust here. Like I don't mind if someone doesn't like my answer and feels the need that they want to talk to Kip or to talk to both of us. I love I, that. I, I just wanted to say that I think there's something super refreshing about this idea that you know, I, I know we've said trust and transparency and all these things a bunch of times, but like, it's very rare that you have the opportunity as an individual contributor, whether you're, you know, uh, entry level up to director, etc. cetera. Um, it's very rare that you can go to somebody who 
can hear you uh, try to translate what it is that you're what you're trying to accomplish to mm-hmm. to maybe an executive leader. Um, and then and then Chloe, like I imagine there's going to be times in your role where um, the you know, Kip in, in, in his case, and, you know, maybe for others in chief of staff roles, you're like, well, the last time we talked about this, you said, this was the thing you said, this is what mattered. This is what I've been communicating. And so like, there's actually that level of like almost a requirement to me, it sounds like, you know, cause I, I interact directly with startup CEOs all the time where it's like, they want you to say, hold on a second, <laughs> you know, like you're you call like bullshit you're going, on stuff a little bit. Yeah. Right. Like it, it feels like you're going a different direction. The last time we talked, this is what we were saying was, was the thing. And, you know, granted it's not fully rolled out, but like where, where are we, where are we crossing paths here? And I feel like that is so refreshing for a, both on both sides for the leader mm-hmm. to have yep. then, you know, and, and, and the individual contributors too. Cause like, Otherwise, it's, I feel like it's like a, a combative thing. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a conversation you're trying to work. Out. I don't know. So does that ever right. happen no. with you? Yeah, that goes back to the backbone. You have to be able yeah. to tell them. I said that in my interview. And after I hung up the Zoom call, I was like, oh, God, I didn't get the job. I, I told them, I was like, I'm not a, a yes person. Mm-hmm. I'm not combative, but I bring experience to this role. Like you have to get to a point in your career where you're sure of, I might not know X, Y, Z company, but I know what I'm doing. I know the process. I know the methodology. And you have to trust that if you're going to hire someone into this role that you're never going to trust, don't bother getting a chief of staff because it's not mm-hmm. going to be beneficial to, to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like hold, like chief of staff, hold me accountable. I'll hold you accountable for mm-hmm. holding the rest of the team accountable to holding me accountable. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had a scenario where I worked for somebody wasn't, it was not head of marketing, but it was next level down couple jobs ago where we had a kind of relationship where I would like, we both like would hold each other accountable and give direct feedback. And I'd call her out on stuff. And it's to the point where we were in a group meeting one time and we were like very obviously not on the same page and disagreeing about something. And we ended up making a decision and I'd had people come up to me. It's like, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> why? Like, like, we, like, this is what we should do, right? We should have these kinds of honest conversations Ultimately, it's like I didn't agree with that what what she was saying. We had a conversation about it. Ultimately, her decision, and I had my piece, and we, I'm going to go support it. Right? Like to me, that was what the value was. Like, and it was just really interesting to to the reaction of other people that were happened to be in the room. That that was like that's so unnormal, like not a normal thing. Well, you can be honest and respectful. Yeah, cannot be yeah. explicit. You can be honest and respectful. And I think depending on your desire and your function, your aspirations to want to, to have that. I mean, it's stressful. Like, let's be real. It's stressful, right? Like you're, you're, you're signing up at, at a chief of staff role. You're signing up for a level of stress that will ebb and flow in very extreme order. Right. I imagine I've never been to yeah. staff, but that I sums I it imagine. up pretty well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, I you have it. to like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's going to be moments where there's like hard conflict and, right. you know, and you're dealing with that and your, your, your spine is going to feel like it's on fire. Right. And your whole self is sweating or whatever's going on. And, and that's, that's super stressful. And people sometimes don't want to do that. They just want to be told what to do. Just, hey, this is I not want, the I role to, make, to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to make a good impact. I want to know what you want to do. And I want to go do it. Just tell me, tell me what you want to do. Know what to do. <laughs> well, maybe if I just ignore it, it'll go away. <laughs> Which almost, would also, <laughs> almost never happens. If but, you just ignore it, it's going to be two times the problem in six months. Right. Uh, before, yeah, right. All right. Before we get, because we're coming up on time, before we get to the end of this, and this has been so wonderful, I do want to hear Chloe like, what were your, like, don't, no secret sauce or anything like that, obviously, but like, what were your 90 days? Like, if somebody stepped into that, like, did you come in with an opinion of any kind? Did you already know coming in that there was going to be something you had to tackle? How did that go? And and then like, what were the sort of first 90, 180 days really thinking about? Uh, yeah. And we're, we're talking about a pretty big enterprise. So I imagine it'll be different mm-hmm. in other places, but it'd be interesting just to hear. It was a lot of, Oh my God, what did I, <laughs> like, Whoa, can I do this? 
I mean, you know, we were in the middle of a pandemic at the time, fully remote, hadn't met anyone in person, wasn't a chief of staff in my previous role. I had the transferable skills. I was able to obviously get this role, but I had a lot of ideas of things that I assumed probably needed to be like, I wanted to do quick wins, quick hits, like grab the low hanging fruit, build trust, build relationships, just talk to people and understand. Um, There were people that had been here for years and years and there were also new people. So trying to bridge that gap of, well, at my old company, we did this versus, well, this is how we've always done this. So trying to figure out the rhythms and the themes, I think it took, I would say a chief of staff role to really really get in. It's it ha- It's been very different than my other roles. Like I felt like in project program manager roles, 90 days, I'm in, I'm going. Chief of staff, it's a lot of listening. It's fix this thing, start listening about this thing, fix this thing, start listening. And then the floodgates open and you're like, okay, I'm planning next year's budget. All right, great. You know, there's just like, just figure it out. But it was a lot of feeling like I was on a slippery slope and trying to find the small wins for the first several months. That's really I'm interesting. Super- yeah, super. I'm helpful. still here, so I didn't. Know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> still having fun, you know. right? Enjoying it, still enjoying it, definitely. You're killing it. You're killing Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> well, good. Well, I I think Mike hinted at this. Like we're going to probably have to wrap up here, but before we go, I guess I'll, I'll open it up a little bit. Is there anything that we hadn't talked about that you think is really important for our, like if people, our listeners? primarily marketing ops folks, like if they were interested in this kind of role, like what would you like any last bit of thing be, you know, that they should, they should know about. Maybe go around the horn. Chloe, you first. How about that? Apply for the role anyway, no matter what the job description says, a lot of times companies don't know really what they want a chief of staff. So they're going to put some bullets on some paper and you can, you should still a hundred percent apply, show why you're valuable, what your ideas are. And then your role, know your role is going to change every 90 days. The fundamental role is the same, but what you're working on, who you're talking to, what you're doing, it's like a new job every 90 days. And I love that. It's like an internal really consultant. Cool. Yes, very much so. Yeah, that's right. Reagan, any thoughts? Yeah, I think with being a marketing operations professional in general, like there, there is an executive um ceiling that you can get to right like you can get there um if you're a campaign operations specialist or if you're a marketing operations specialist like you can get to a director position you can get to a chief of staff position like marketing ops is not the same marketing ops it was a year ago two years ago and it looks different in different companies right i encourage you to really first of all join marketingops.com and then also (laughs) Um, connect with other marketing ops professionals on LinkedIn or in the community and just ask them what they're doing. I think that's really good to, to build a rapport with other marketing ops professionals. Jim, any final thoughts? Yeah, a couple. I mean, first of all, this is a great discussion. So thank you. I learned a lot uh, on this. Um, I think that, um, while marketing ops is, you know, clearly established itself as a critical function, is the thing that everyone's investing in. You know, even down economy, invest in marketing ops, etc. The path to an executive role is still not as clear as it could be. Like, if you're a marketing ops person today, like, how do you actually, if you want to become a CMO or a CEO, more likely, how do you get there? It's not quite as clear. It's just because it's relatively still new. And mm-hmm. I, I would say that this is one path to get there because it gets you that executive exposure. You take on a much wider array of challenges that, uh, you know, across many different functions. Um, But you're going to have to sacrifice your love of tech slightly, slightly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's true. It's the why, why, why thing. And, you know, and you ask Mm -hmm. a couple of those whys, you just get the first two whys, not even five. And eventually you're not talking about tech anymore. Right. You're actually yeah. starting to talk about strategy. Um, and that that's a key thing for someone to consider, for sure. I'm really sense. glad you called that out because I meant to say yeah. that earlier when it uh, when it re- sort of hinted uh, at it a, a little bit ago. I love that you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Naomi on our team is always talking about how much she does love the tech. Right. Yeah. She loves the tech. And sometimes when she gets pulled too far away from it, she gets a little bit like bummed out. I don't want to put a bunch of words in her mouth, but I have heard her say that before. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like this is one of those situations where it's like, you better be pretty ready to walk away from the deck. <laughs> well, sure. well, who knows? You know, maybe in that role, in your head, you have a workflow you're creating on how I deal with finances. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh, definitely. I tech. I still, I still want to get in as much as I can. Like, how can tech, Me too. how can I make tech strategy technical? All right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love the tech too. I It's something that I really miss, but my marketing operations manager is our tech whiz, our HubSpot whiz, our Alicadia whiz now. So I just hear it through the grapevine um, and, and support him in the advisory setting. But the tech is the best part, I will say. Uh, <laughs> I, I am at a point where I have to tell, like when somebody asked me to, to help on the team, I'm like, okay, as long as you know that I'm going to be the slowest one on the team at doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just not in there every day well good this has been i agree like totally this is a fun conversation it feels like we just scratched the surface uh like i think there's other kind of paths we could go down so maybe we can continue this uh conversation somewhere else but um thank you so much all of you mopsapalooza is where we should continue mopsapalooza Let's do yeah. a panel. Let's have all three of you on a panel at Mopsapalooza. That's a thing. Love yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. that'd, that'd, that'd be great. Um, so hey, if if folks want to keep up with you, like go around the horn here, you guys choose like where where can they kind of connect with you or keep up with what you're doing? LinkedIn for me, definitely. All right. LinkedIn. Chloe Washington, so it's easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn yeah. for me, not a lot of Reagans uh, <laughs> and <yeah>. marketing ops. <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn, not easy to find Jim Williams. Unfortunately. I did find you, Jim. I did find you. I just connected, actually. So. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Mike, well, thank Mike, you has, Mike has a little bit of ADD. Yeah. I do. I just I multitask. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. This was a great conversation. Thanks, everyone. Thank and you. we will see you next time. Bye. 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 B